When you went to school, they showed you this thing called the periodic table of elements. Well, we're going to talk about an element today, and it's not on the periodic table. It's the human element. Welcome to Kingdom Speak with Pastor Daniel McKillop and Pastor Wade Townley. After approximately one hour of tech support, we are online and we're ready to go. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Take three. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, we don't do that. Nope. How no, long has it been no. since we've done a retake? There are no retakes. There hasn't oh, been since. We easy. Got... Yeah. Don't test us on that. Yeah. Since you've gone fishing. There were no. There takes. should have been a retake on that. <laughs> I'm talking about. I think the last one was before we were in the studio. Really? Oh, yeah. Have we done it twice? And I think to our defense, most of the retakes were due to technical. Yeah. I remember one time we had a producer over there. <laughs> oh. Um, and it would be like, oh, this camera's not working. or this, We did learn from that. The battery went dead. and yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, we don't. He doesn't work here anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Still here, but he just doesn't work. Is that what yeah. you're saying? Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Welcome back, everyone. It's Friday, TGIF. Everyone's back to school. Pumpkin spice lattes are on the menu. Nope. Christmas. Nope. No, it's too early. Nope. Oh, no way. No, it's, it's time. never time. I don't do pumpkin oh, spice man. lattes. Pumpkin spice latte. No. Pumpkin spice pop tarts. Uh, pumpkin spice. As close as it gets to pumpkin spice is this. The color. Yeah. This color on the cup, that's good. Pumpkin spice toothpaste. Yeah. Uh, oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Pumpkin spice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do they make a pumpkin spice ketchup? Pumpkin spice uh, Kleenex with lotion. Pumpkin spice. I'm not making this stuff up. Google the pumpkin spice. Pro you can literally live your entire life for about two months with everything pumpkin spice. Torture. Yeah. Torture. How did we get on that? <laughs> uh, thank you. You just said schools kicked off the pumpkin spice there it latte. Is. Oof, That's how on. we got on it. Well, the reviews are in, and Kingdom Speak is pretty popular. I don't know if you've heard or not, but <clears throat> yeah. They're saying good things about us, guys. And really? they say bad stuff, too. We just don't read that. So. <laughs> <laughs> this review. We um, are control freaks, aren't we? Yep, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Working on eating that frog. I started following the podcast about eight months ago and have listened to every episode. Wow. Yeah, that would be wow. That would be quite a journey, wouldn't it? Amazing example of well-produced apostolic content. After listening to the eat that frog episode, I decided to eat a frog and start a podcast. Oh, we'll figure. Well, come on. I'm enjoying the journey. Thank you for being an example. Keep the episodes do we have, coming. Do we have the name of this said podcast? She signed her name as Kristen, and the Apple podcast handle is a servant's heartbeat podcast. Ah, that's going to be the most composed. A servant's heartbeat. 
There it is. So we got we to gotta check that out. We will say amen to Kristen and good job on you uh, starting a podcast. And we will say amen to that review on Kingdom Speak. Can I get an amen? Can I get a hallelujah? Hallelujah. Awesome. So yeah, by now you've clicked on the episode and you know Pastor Wade Townley is with us. And anytime he's here, we're in for a good show. Good things are going to happen. We're in for a good show. It's been a few weeks, my friend. Give us an update. How are things in the metropolis of Brewer, Maine? That's an A, Brewer. Brewer. Well, I noticed that our trees are beginning to blush. Oh, man. And they, too, have begun to accept pumpkin uh, flavor. Pumpkin spice, yeah. It's a real deal. It is in the air. Officially, Memorial Day yesterday. Mm-hmm. So the trees have been put on notice, and we're getting a little fall colors. How about y'all? Mm-hmm. It's starting. Oh, yeah. It is starting, regretfully. I I'm not ready a, yet. You, you're not ready. I'm not ready. I'm, I am I love fall, but I'm being drugged into it, kicking and screaming. Mm-hmm. I'm not ready yet. Well, but I will embrace it. We've had such a hot summer, though. I have thoroughly <laughs> enjoyed the cooler weather. <laughs> Have, have y'all had some hot summer up there? Did we? Uh, I mean. Oh, you weren't here. That's right. You were gone fishing. I yes. Oh, that's right. We love you. Yes. Thank you for that. Oh. Did you have the cricket noises? Oh, that's oh. right. He wasn't here all summer. That's correct. I was oh. listening for the crickets. Yes. Yeah. Uh, where are the crickets? I can't even see. There they are. There they are. How's the fishing trip past him <laughs> hey, I won't say that my daughter said that that had to be one of the top. Oh, don't say, say that. that oh. The top. You're don't the, say that. Well, it should have been seen how they were throwing away free merch the whole week. <laughs> don't say that. When you bring yeah. content, people will buy the merch. Yeah. When you don't have content, you got to give it away. Yeah. Yeah. See, it's, touched, it's that's a very touchy sensitive, subject. Sensitive. I have touched a false subject. I can tell. <laughs> We need some pumpkin spice A535 <laughs> to rub into the wounds. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he, he, yeah. So, mm-hmm. so uh, my, my daughters, of course, appreciate the little, the merchandise that's been coming. Mm-hmm. She said, it's, Tandis, of course, said that it's going very well, but she would like a backpack. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I'm, I'm, I'm just, you, you'd have thought while I was gone mm-hmm. fishing, they could have at least got a little merch together. But hey, they did enjoy the socks that they purchased. uh, Mm -hmm. I hate to say they were given. I wouldn't want anybody to be jealous or anything like that. Yeah, we walked them through the merch closet and they just kind of grabbed one of everything. Yeah, I'll take this. (laughs) I'll take this. (laughs) (sighs) Hey, I want to tell you, you guys are the fans. My daughters, they listen to y'all religiously. They absolutely love kingdom speak so i just want you to know mm-hmm. man i think they like y'all a whole lot better than they like me i'm, mm-hmm. you, I'm a little jealous of it really. oh. they uh y'all the favorites and all their young friends so that's what's incredible about kingdom speak i'm seeing that it's just across the spectrum not you know not one sector but my girls love it we're so. really trying to get pastor mckillop's content into the 
younger generations below him. That's what we're trying to do. Man. And, mm-hmm. I'm just telling you. It's sort of like that elder's voice to the young generation. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is terrible. Remember we said there were no takes? This would <laughs> yes. be a take? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. After the episode, it would be like, please remove. <clears throat> Timestamp. I'm about ready to walk off the set here. I'm gonna... <laughs> uh, it's funny. Crickets well, yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we all have those moments. Listen, folks, this, this is what I put up with. This is what you hired. Week after week, I endure this mm. to try to get something out there. It's a struggle. I'm not even asking for a review right now. I'm asking for prayer. (laughs) Pull over the car. Turn the wipers on and pray. (laughs) This is the very real human element behind the scenes. Oh, that segue. That segue. Oh, yes. Wow. To kingdom speak. (laughs) Wow. We are human. To the four or five of you that think you've heard from God on this episode, (laughs) this is the human element. To the episode. This is it. This, this is why I had to go fishing was to to to, to rest from all mm-hmm. the truth. Right. Mm-hmm. You understand? And we are supposed to be like pontificating and being. Mm-hmm. We're at fifteen. All minutes. starchy and stiff, and and we're fifteen, 15 minutes, minutes in. Of fluff, and we've done nothing. <laughs> nothing. Crickets. Well, we've really covered the deep subject of fishing. That's what we've done. Mm-hmm. You know, evangelism. Mm-hmm. So, so we are glad to have you back. Pastor Townley, he's been a friend of Kingdom Speak. Mm-hmm. He's been on a number of of times, and a lot of re- a back. lot of reviews mentioned Pastor yes. Wade Townley. That yeah, mixture episode was a good one. Yeah, you too, Kyle. So we're we're here to talk a bit about. Um, we're going to extend a conversation that began on the phone about the role of humanity in this walk with God. And you really can't isolate this, separate this from Jesus Christ himself, who was fully God and fully man. How do we go about embracing both aspects of who he is and was, and and how do we extrapolate from that how we interact with our flesh and that spiritual man that we are trying to be. You know, like you like you mentioned, when you talk about Christ, a lot of times our preaching is about the deity of Jesus Christ. Of course, Jesus is God and uh, a little different in the North than it is in the South. Uh, in the South, I have seen it as we're talking about uh, God, dealing with the uh, subject matter. A lot of times here in the North, when when we approach it, I, I ask this simple question. Have you ever thought that Jesus is God? And it's often no way. I hear that so many times. Of course, in the Bible Belt, you're going to come from the perspective of uh, well, yeah, part of God, Trinitarian ideology. But in the North, I find that, you know, from our conversations, the idea that Jesus is God 
So I find that a lot of our preaching perhaps is dealing with the deity of Christ, uh, the, the Holy One of Israel, you know, and so, and a lot of times we don't altogether focus on the humanity of Christ, but I have found the more that we touch our in teaching, preaching, the more we touch the humanity of Christ, there is a great, great anointing that comes from presenting Christ in his humanity. So to, how to how to reconcile that? I believe it's so important that we deal with the humanity of Christ. The reason why I believe it's important that we cover the human element is because too often it's 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 beyond the reach of the normal man. We feel, and and here's what we deal with: we deal then with the divine flesh uh, sure. doctrines. We deal sure. with false doctrines because they present it as if Christ is there's no way he experienced what I've experienced. There's no way he's been through what I've been through. But, you know, Scripture plainly tells us who in the days of his flesh, he was tempted in all points like as we Mm -hmm. are. Wow. You know, we're not just covering the temptation of Christ. We're dealing with the totality of the human makeup, the, the emotional the the psychological the, all of that the whole component of the human uh, makeup and we struggle sometimes to truly believe that Christ understands everything that we went through mm-hmm. and we do of why would he even love me if I have these feelings inside why would he why would he even use me with this kind of struggle, internal struggle, you know, he's the Lord of the harvest. He's the, uh, he adds to the church daily. He's the sower. He's the seed that fell. He's the, uh, except he builds, uh, it's building in vain, except he watches over a city. It's in vain. Um, and, and the list goes on. And so really the question is, well, if he's doing it all, why does he need me? Sure. Especially in my state of imperfection. Sure. Absolutely. And so I think that that's what at times people are struggling with because they have been taught and they must be taught the deity of Christ. But I do think that there needs to be that moment when people understand he was fully man. This is a very interesting topic. Um, and I know you've preached about these kind of things, but we tend to glaze over portions of Scripture where Jesus looked at his disciples and said, you know what, we need to rest. Let's just, you see glimpses of that. We focus on the supernatural yes. side, right? Yes. Take up your bed and walk, you know, turning the fish and chips into 5,000, you know, all of those things. But there were times where Jesus was like, man, I'm tired, guys. <laughs> And he, he really didn't try to camouflage that. No, or it's hide in scripture. It. That's recorded. Yeah. He took a pillow on the ship with it. Yeah. yeah. And he was asleep. Yep. Those are human elements there. And and I find that interesting that he didn't hide from his humanity. I've yeah, he slept. Read. He ate three meals a day or however much their culture ate at the time. He dealt with his emotions. 
That's really, um, is that not what the awe of the incarnation really is? Um, wow. Without the incarnation, the tangibleness mm-hmm. of God slips into a almost a mystic, uh, mysterious mm-hmm. element mm-hmm. that we don't know, we can't interact with. No measuring stick is there. The idea and the concept of the word becoming flesh mm-hmm. is really what affects me Wow! today. Mm-hmm. The word becoming flesh. Mm-hmm. That is the objective of why I go to church and I subject myself to the word and I embrace it and I put it into shoe leather and the incarnation happens all over again. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, I, I heard something the other day, I read something, uh, identity is a book I was reading and it just once then it stood out and it said, God lives in a mobile home. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of stood out. God lives in a yeah. mobile home. And, uh, of course, John, what you're dovetailing with John chapter one and one John chapter four, uh, one 14, where he says he dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. He tabernacled among us. He, he chose to put his spirit inside of human flesh. Of course, the, like you're saying, the first great mystery uh, is God in Christ. That That is most, that's the greatest mystery there ever was. The second great mystery in Ephesians talks about, um, of course, Christ in the church, Christ in us. And so, like you're saying, those two components, God in Christ in flesh and Christ in us. Again, it's God in flesh. Sure it is. And I was thinking this morning, it's, he was both, God was both, uh, you know, we don't want, we use the term robed in flesh. And we got to be careful that we don't give the idea, the idea that somehow he was separate. You know, this is distinct. No, it was all in one. Uh, he was the robe. He was the spirit. He was the flesh. He was flesh and spirit. He was the totality of it. And he experienced all components of that flesh so that we could come boldly. We could come with all of our feelings, emotions that comes out of that. And like you're saying, that the incarnation uh, the incarnation of christ is not just once but it's occurring over and over inside of us i think that's one of the greatest mysteries is that the word can become flesh continuously through the preaching of the word of god so let me ask you this i think i think there are times when reading the word of god having discussions like we're having today that we can conflate flesh with carnality all the time and we lose the idea that flesh is broader than the one thing that could lead me into sin right okay so we adopt the idea that we hate the flesh i i understand in 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 the context of that that can take me to hell but if we're not careful the hatred for the flesh, if we just 
If we just throw that as the umbrella, we'll fail to realize that is the vehicle that'll get us to heaven as well. Hmm. Uh, and I think that's where such a state of frustration is that, again, going dovetailing with what you're saying, that we are frustrated and we'll hate ourselves because, again, really today is not, okay, carnality is one that we have to battle. Temptation was one that Christ had to sure. deal with. He was tempted in all points. But I, I think temptation is is so much bigger than just uh, go do the wrong thing, so to speak. It could be feel the wrong way. It You know, there's as much uh, internal sin as there is external sin. So like you're saying that temptation or carnality, the temptation to be calm, really, yeah, that's there. That's a component. He had that component at the beginning of his ministry. He was tempted, taken to the top of the mountain, and he was tempted to, uh, he was sorely tempted. But there's, there's, there's other things that we can be tempted with, and that's the emotional part, frustration, lack of faith. That is evil on a whole new level, but it's it's due to the things that we experience, to the human element. You know, you're, we're just never going to get away from the human uh, part of our life. So like you're talking about from, it's not just carnality that we're dealing with. We're dealing with the makeup of a man. And the reality is God made us. God made man in the image of God. And I believe that these are feelings and emotions God had, and he put them in man. Sure. Of course, he didn't just let us experience it. He came down, walked it out, lived it out, died, resurrected. He's been through the whole gamut. So we don't, we don't like the fact that we've got flesh that aggravates us. We don't like the fact that we have to deal with the fleshly components and really if we're not careful we can begin to hate ourselves why am i so mm. vulnerable why am i so weak why am i so you know nobody else has to deal with this when the reality of it is every single human being that's alive has to live with the flesh component from jesus christ forward <laughs> say it again from jesus christ forward Absolutely. Even saved. Saved? Yeah, you're still in the flesh. Hebrews really is a, is a, I love, of course, love the book of Hebrews, and he really deals with it in the days of his flesh. He really deals with uh, Christ's sacrifice, blood, and really covers a lot of that. And that's where he says that we can come boldly. Again, finding grace, obtaining mercy, and finding grace to help in time of need. In time of need. And he said he's touched by the feelings of our infirmities. So he's not just touched by the fact of the struggle or the infirmity. He's touched and moved by the feelings that come out of this flesh that I live in. And to me, that he's moved by the feelings. He's moved by the by the outcome. He's not just moved by the fact of a person that was abused, or he's not just 
touched by the fact that somebody's going through a, a been rejected, uh, been hurt, been done wrong, or, or they've even done wrong to themselves. He said, it's not just the fact that moves God, but it's the feelings, maybe anger, frustration, loneliness, regret, all those feelings to me is what moves God. Yeah. And, and, and I guess from a historical perspective, that was the struggle that the Greeks had with Jesus. And that's the reason why they wanted to teach that Jesus was himself two separate entities or two separate people. Sure, sure. was because they could not grasp that Jesus was truly God because God and their philosophy was too unapproachable, untouchable, unmovable. If you could touch him, if you could move him, cause him to cry, you would be stronger than he was. So they struggled with the ideal that this man could be moved. He would weep at the tomb of Lazarus. They struggled with the humanity, the human element of a God who could become a man. They couldn't really grasp that. And so their philosophy would not allow them to truly grasp that Jesus was God. And to me, I think 1 John 3.16 really, really, you know, to me, it's more than just a oneness fact. He said, hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us. To me, you can't really understand the depth and the love of God until you can understand his humanity. That was God. And he chose to lay his life down. He chose to suffer the uh, things that he suffered. So the only way you're ever going to understand the love of God is to understand the humanity of God. Okay. Okay. So let me ask you this. You just said something, and it triggered this in me. So I'm, I'm officially triggered. Um, <laughs> if there's certain aspects of God that I cannot ever fully grasp and understand without embracing the humanity of God. Does that not help Thomas a bit? Yeah, sure. Who is wrestling with mm-hmm. the resurrection. And he says, I, 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 I'm not going to believe it just because you said it. That's just some, that's just some random statement that you've made. And so Jesus walks through the wall into the, secret place that they are gathered. Mm -hmm. And what does he say to him? He extends humanity humanity to him Mm -hmm. and says, handle me and see. There was an aspect of the resurrection that Jesus Christ was okay with validating that supernatural experience by a man handling his flesh. The, this, as you said, the supernatural still has the human component. Yeah. In it. Uh, I'm sitting here thinking right now, if you just waft through the wall, that's what would convince me. Well, yeah. <laughs> you didn't even use the door. <laughs> <laughs> but Thomas is like, no, that doesn't mean anything to me. I want to see the physical hand. And, and <laughs> Jesus was okay with that. Yeah. Jesus said, handle me. Mm-hmm. That's so powerful. Handle me. It, Put your hands in there and, 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 and see. 
That's incredible. If you go back to Isaiah, you see that the glory, the Shekinah, when he begins to talk about it, you see as he he sees the wheel within the middle of the wheel and he begins to see the four cherubims and he says, there's the face of, yeah. of the lion, there's mm-hmm. a face of an eagle, yeah. there's a face of an ox. But even in his glory, he had the face of a man. And beneath the wings of the supernatural were the hands of a man. God still always brought humanity to everything he did. Yes. His glory, wheel within the middle of the wheel. Yes. There were hands of a man. And can you imagine that was the hand that Thomas was touching? That was the side that that's Thomas good, yeah. Touched. That's good. And uh that's very good. When you see the humanity, oh yeah, the divine and all that goes with that particular setting, the cherubims. When you think about Christ and his his creative power, creating cherubims, seraphims, archangels, also uh in the book of Daniel, you'll read where when there was a dream to cut down the tree, the Bible says that he made a decree to the watchers. But think about it from a supernatural perspective. Not only were there cherubims and seraphims, and but there were created beings that did nothing but supernaturally watch yes. to the watchers. Yes. So there were, there were, I'll say all this, to, and I'll bring this back up here in a little bit. But those watchers were created. And then other times that he would talk about a book of remembrance was brought before him, and it was read. So there were cherubim, cherubim, watchers, and writers that were divine angelic beings purposely created for that purpose. All right? Okay. And yet, you take us from McKillop to the post-resurrection and Thomas said, I want to touch it. I want to feel it. Mm -hmm. If you went back a few days and you went back to a garden, Mm -hmm. you see them, you see in that dark, dusty, grimy garden, there's a figure laying on the ground, walk past everybody and listen to that man groaning, crying. He gets up off the ground and he goes and finds three men that he left a stone's throw away. And he says to those men, watch, pray with me, watch. He goes back and prays. Angels from heaven reach down and touch him. Sure. Strengthen him. Lift him up. He gets up from his prayer, bloody prayer, dusty, toes digging in the dirt, heart wrenching. He goes, finds three men again. Wait a minute. Angels are touching you. Yes, but today I need something more 
maybe I've never really connected that, Brother McKillop, but like Thomas said, I've got to have a human touch. Yes. You see Jesus leaving the supernatural touch to go find. Gravitating back to. I want somebody watching me who understands the suffering I'm going through. I want somebody who understands the feelings that I've just hugged my mother for the last time. I just left and I went to a mission field and I left my babies. Mm. Yep. I, you know, I, I'm not, I don't mind going to the mission field, but does anybody understand the human component of what I'm going through? I'm a foreign missionary. I want to see my family. Birthdays won't be the same. Holidays won't be the same. It's not that I begrudge it. It's just, does anybody have the, I need somebody to watch me who understands the suffering angels have never felt what I'm feeling right now. I need a man. And that's the human part of us that we will never get away from. Paul said, oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body? Who's going to take me away from these feelings? And sometimes if we're not careful, we will totally destroy ourselves because of the depth of suffering that we're going through. When if you watch Christ with his supernatural watchers, that still wasn't enough. He wanted three men who were fishermen, who understand, who felt, who lived watching. I want somebody who understands what I'm going through. Wow. This this changes so many aspects of it because uh, I've, I've never I've never pieced that together with the watchers. That's powerful. Jesus even done that with us with the forerunner, didn't he? I mean, throughout the Old Testament, you have the angel who who has access to the name. His name is hidden in an angel. Mm. Um, but he didn't send an angel to be his forerunner. There was a man sent from God mm. whose name was John. He could have had anybody be the forerunner mm -hmm. of his earthly ministry. But he wanted someone relatable to who he was coming to redeem. Hmm. So he sent John the Baptist. So he sent a man. He sent a man. Sent a man. When he chose to say to reach Cornelius, he sent a man. And and the list goes on of how many times, and not to just touch a bandwagon, but to really, you know. God's not going to be speaking through birds and dogs and horses and cows. Can he? Yes. He'll speak through a donkey. He can speak through a rooster. He can use a well. He can use an animal. But when it comes to preaching and saving a soul, he's going to use the, 
He can give you a dream. He can give you a vision. But God will pick a Philip up and put him in a desert if he has to. <laughs> exactly. He's going to use humans in all of their weakness, in all of their vulnerability, in all of their struggles. He didn't, he didn't choose priests who lived perfect. He chose, he chose men who had suffered, who had walked through it. And seeing that he was secure, he's able to secure those. He chose men who had been through it, gone through it, to be able to represent those who were still going through it. Right, because he said, I'm, I'm going to take a man from among men, among men, for men. Mm -hmm. If you, if you ever, that was the idea of the priesthood was to reach in to the human element from among the human element and anoint a man from that for that. Yeah, you know that verse has always been something that throughout my life. I'm, uh, you know, Ephesians, where he talks about the gate gifts unto men, he really covers the, and he gave the fivefold ministry for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for edifying of the body. And that part of perfecting the saints was something that kind of would get a hold of me. How can imperfect men <laughs> make other men exactly. perfect? Yes. But that, that word, is uh, the closest, it's two two numbers off, but it's really the same root word. It's the same word where he found uh, the disciples and they were mending their nets. And so really that word mending and perfecting is interchangeable. It's the same root. So you could say, and they were perfecting their nets, or you could say they that the ministries for the mending of the saints and I thought if that's not so true is that men who themselves have been mended together, men who have uh, God's pieced them back together, that that's what really the work of the ministry is about, is to help mend others so that they can go back out. And that's what really as ministry, that's what we do. We've been mended and then we help mend the saints and then we send the net back out. We gather the net back in, mend it again and send them back out. And uh, it is, it is that mending that makes us the human mending. God has a way of letting the supernatural mend the humanity of us with a brother or sister ministry. It's his component. Can I ask you guys One a question yeah. before we go on? So, Again, you guys are ministers, not I. Um, but it appears like if you're going to have a successful ministry, observing Jesus' ministry, he had a human side to it. Mm. Sure. And don't you think that, and you know, producer Randy and I are involved in church volunteering, church departmental work, so we see the, the human side of, an, of a spiritually... Mm -hmm. mm running organization sure so how do you balance that how can you be too spiritual or too human and what you know you use the spiritual intuition to look at the guy in the coffee shop and say hey that guy needs help 
But then you got to show the human side and go sit down with them and say, hey, man, how you doing? Yeah, don't, sh- don't just say you're going to pray for him. <laughs> give him a coat. He's cold. Sure, right? <laughs> like, do we, do we go too spiritual at times? And then we, do we go too human at times? Oh, undoubtedly the answer is yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, we got to strike that medium right there. You're so right. Jesus at the well found the lady in her humanity. Five husbands, one you're sleeping with now is not your own. Yep. You're talking human. He's sitting on the well. Give me something to drink. He's meeting her at that level. Mm-hmm. Hey, we don't talk. We're prejudiced. Hey, and it led to the supernatural. Hey, I'm, I guess when Messiah comes, he'll be able to tell us these things. He said, oh, now, now we we're just flipped the coin over. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think what you're like, what you're saying there is, I, I think that we, sh- I think that we're just, if we're not careful, we'll be too fake sometimes. We don't open up to people. Hmm. Uh, we're not real to people. And therefore, we're not, they're not being real to us. And I think the first thing is we've got to meet them where they are and be real. Jesus said, touch me, feel me, look at me. Before he could say, my Lord and my God, he had to touch that human. And that I think that's where we are. We gotta be, we've got to be more open. So so in in the uh to 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 piggyback on what Derek was just saying, reaching back to the idea of of God picking men from among men for men. Uh, First and foremost, I think as a saint, and we all are that first, we need to be appreciative of the fact that God sent men Mm -hmm. to do the perfecting and not angels heavenly beings, but men that know how to relate with us. Mm -hmm. But that cannot be lost on us now as men, Pastor Townley, who are called to that position Mm. to spiritually lead people. So let me ask you this. Does my flesh, again, not my carnality, not my sin, not my, but does, does the human side of me not need to be what continues to forerun Jesus Christ to the saints that I'm pastoring, right? When I have step, a human side. Right. When I step to the pulpit, I'm introducing to them, I'm there running ahead of Jesus Christ, but I'm introducing him mm. through the veil of my flesh. It's essential. It's impossible. That's the only way that they're going to be able to. I wonder if it's not what Paul was saying. Hey, what about you, preacher? You say something to others, but what are you doing? Yeah. And it's that example. Mm. Yeah. Of, hey, what you you say one thing, but are you doing another thing? And I think that's the essential component. Now, sometimes as ministry, there are things that we again whatever that component saints go through things pastors go through things life is is i promise you're going to level the playing field it doesn't matter who you are you're going to uh, what they call the sort of damocles you know it's the king and the servant servant says i wish i was the king 
And the king says, okay, I'll let you be servant. But I tell you what, uh, you have to stay a full 24 hours if you're going to be, if you're going to play the role of the king. They exchange clothes and the king gleefully skips out of the throne room and servant sets on the throne and takes a deep breath and looks up and there's this huge sword dangling over his head, hanging by a thread knowing that at any minute that thread could break and that would just run straight and he couldn't leave. He had to stay there. The reality of it is everybody has a sword of Damocles hanging over their head. It didn't didn't matter. It's going to level the playing field. This is the beautiful verse that kind of can help keep us on task here. He said, to which of the angels did he say, thou art my son? This day have I begotten thee. Right. Sit here on my right hand till I make thy foes thy footstool. He said that there was never been an angel that God did that to. But listen to this. This stinking, rotten piece of flesh. He said to me, you're my son. I've begotten you. I know he's speaking about the Christ the incarnate, I understand that, but he said it to me too. Well, yes. This, thou art my son. Sit here until I make your foal, your flesh, your footstool, your greatest enemy. And to me, that's one of the most beautiful promises of the Bible is that he says, You're my son. Yeah. Wow. You piece of flesh, you're my son. And I remember a, a day I was, I was praying, man, I was facing some, whew, not, uh, not a good moment. And uh, I remember I was in a hotel in Houston. I had gone down there. We were, I think it was me and brother Holmes was in there. And, oh, that morning I remember getting up and I said, oh God, I'm just, a, I'm just a worm. One of those moments you just like, God. And I opened my Bible to Isaiah and I began to read. And my Bible reading for that morning, it says, Oh, Jacob, fear not, thou worm, I will hold thy right hand. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so I thought, Oh, God, I'm so glad that God knows how to hold hands with oh. worm. He's got the worms. <laughs> God knows how to hold hands with a worm. God if, knows how to walk the stinking flesh. If our flesh was as much an enemy as we try to paint it to be, oh boy, yeah. mm. then heaven would be the place where it was eradicated. Right? Mm-hmm. But he didn't say. <laughs> what did what did it what was it David said? What did Job say? Yet I know that in my flesh, in my flesh I will see God. So it's going to be transformed, but it's not going to be eradicated. This corruptible shall put on incorruption, mm-hmm. and this mortal shall put on immortality. But it's not eradicated. It's transformed. It's changed. Mm -hmm. He's still putting the treasure 
in the air in the earthly vessel wow wow he's not going to put it in any other place oh that flesh in my flesh i shall see god it's kind of it's it's like this third heavens are always trodden by the bloody footprints of men that's been stoned been left for dead wow the only way you get there is you gotta carry the flesh the flesh is gonna be a part of it it'll be left for dead but it's a part of it yeah paul i mean uh, john on the isle of patmos oh he was he was in the spirit on the lord's day but i promise you he was there in the flesh suffering it experiencing it before he was ever caught up and saw a door open in heaven hmm. He didn't get there through some freak of nature. It was flesh. All third heaven visit is blood because somebody stoned him. Guess what? The only way you're going to get to where you want to go supernaturally, spiritually, he's just going to use a man. He's going to use a woman. He's going to use a little virgin, a little teenager is going to bring God into this world. He uses flesh. Mm -hmm.